It's time for Talking Pictures Trivia! A quick friendly reminder, there's a warp at the end of level 1-2. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. And KJ. Great to have you back, as always. Additionally, joining us as guests for this episode are... Andy. And Nora. Thanks for joining us today, Nora and Andy. Nora and Andy are friends with KJ and joined us for the Coming to America episode back in November. That's the first one. As a team, they were able to take down our team of co-hosts. Let's see if they can do it again. Nora and Andy conveniently continue to like movies. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these pivotal questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. Then, once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. KJ, tell us about today's movie. Today, we are going back to Thursday, March 4th, 2021. Here in my household, we enjoyed some bop made by my wife. We watched the Flyers defeat the Penguins in an exciting comeback game, and sometime during the second period, I realized Coming to America had been released on Amazon Prime Video. Coming to America is directed by Craig Brewer, who is also known for Hustle and Flow, the 2011 remake of Footloose, and Dolmite Is My Name. Other big movies released on streaming at the time of this recording include Wonder Woman 1984, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, and the soon-to-be-released Godzilla vs. Kong. Nick will be quizzing us today. Nick, what is coming to America all about? 33 years later, we have a sequel for Coming to America called Coming to America. In this movie, we're introduced to Prince Akeem, who will soon be King Akeem, and we find out uncharacteristically, I would say, that he has a bastard son in America, specifically in Queens. And based on the tradition of their people in Zumunda, he has to have a son for a royal heir. So he travels back to Queens and brings him and his mother to Zumunda. Most of the movie takes place in Zumunda, and... There's a lot of callbacks. So that's really all I want to talk about. We'll go into the actual movie in the conversation. Tom, if you only had one word to describe coming to America, what would it be? Generations. How about you, KJ? Celebration. Nora? Self-aware. Andy? Older. And my word would be continuation. It's time for... Movie quiz. We're going to mix it up a little bit here today. We're going to return to our teams of guests versus co-hosts in this round one, that is. Each question will be worth one point. It's time for question one. Who did Eddie Murphy originally want to play the role of his bastard son? Hint, he's in the movie. I, too, read the IMDb trivia, so I am aware of the answer. Oh, I have no idea. Well, you're a team, so you guys can... Oh, wait, we're a team? Nominate. <laughs> so who, 
Kate. who how do we decide who answers kj do you do you know yeah. talk amongst yourself yep oh i'll uh text you could you, you want to text me locked in andy you got this me Good. yeah okay yeah we're locked okay i will start with andy tracy morgan kj what are your thoughts yeah same tracy morgan yes Tracy Morgan was originally going to be his son. However, not really originally. It was just an initial idea Eddie Murphy had. And Arsenio Hall had a conversation with him about this idea and pretty much allowed Eddie Murphy to come to his own conclusion that they look the same age. So that would have been a challenge. Now, the reason I brought this one up was I wanted to talk about characters that didn't make sense based on context. And my example to start off this, or at least my opinion, is Prince Akeem himself, the now king. As in the prior movie, he was very ethical and with a high moral code. And I just felt that it was a different character. And I feel this happened throughout the movie. And I wanted to just open it up to conversation of the portrayals of the different characters based on our understanding of them in the original. Yeah, I was. Uh, I would feel like he kind of um, got watered down a bit. Yeah, I kind of took it as just like getting older and like I, I don't know, like generations of people have been like super idealistic and like I'm gonna change the world when they're young and then they become like accountants. So like this was kind of that. <laughs> yeah, he's a little tired, right? Are we talking about Eddie Murphy as a performer or the character? No, no, the character. I think. Oh, Either okay. Way. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the, the, the whole idea is that the, the, he becomes his father, right? You know, that, that, uh, that's the problem in the movie. That's the conflict that he's become his father and that he's become a, a bearer of tradition and not somebody who is, I, I don't know, bringing, um, the, the kingdom into the 21st century, as his wife says, which he was, since he is, the person who initially violated the tradition by going outside the bounds of arranged marriage, it seems like he would be the person with that kind of characteristic. But, you know, the story is he's become his father and then he has to, I don't know, unbecome his father, something like that. That's the, the kind of generational conflict that's going on. It's, you know, and he has to listen to his bastard son to learn this. He has to listen to his daughter to learn this. So it's again, it's this sort of, sort of story of the child becoming the father of the man. Did anyone else have trouble just buying into that premise? Because the whole reason we like, or at least I like the original one, was that role. He wanted to do something different. And in the end, he came. It just didn't, it seemed out of character from everything that we knew about him. And I know time changes things, but it just did not, it seemed like a, a very convenient dramatic shift just so that we can have a movie. Well, it's very traditional for, uh, for, women to not want to become their mothers and then become them and for men to not want to become their fathers and then become them. So, I mean, I feel like that's a, that's, that's in a lot of uh, different stories because the inevitable march of time in life beating you down <laughs> create, you know, you wonder how your parents got that way. The answer is they lived that long. Yeah. And he, he's also the bear of this tradition, right? He, he's living. I mean, what we have here is a, a kind of a traditionalist society that gets interrupted that can't continue its tradition and, and has to kind of bend over backward in order to do that and on top of that you have nextoria which is, is putting pressure on it to, to to you know continue this 
this tradition and um and so he has kind of all these he he's no longer as king he is now embedded in more responsibility than he initially was and so the, the kind of responsibility blinds him by the lens of the movie anyway to his to to the promise of the the ideals that he had when he was young and so you, that's kind of the the problem he gets kind of enmeshed in responsibility and i agree that was the problem with akeem but then even eddie murphy felt tired i think you might have started to say that before mm-hmm. tom right one of the things we said in our last coming to america episode is we really enjoyed the young performances of um eddie murphy and arsenio hall um i i I felt like a lot of times he was shot from the chest up because they didn't want to show how how tired he's become, <laughs> not only physically, but just as he is. Um, and, and I felt the movie suffered a lot from um, from from not only Akeem's seeming like a different character or, or you know, transitioning to an, an adult character, but also I don't I don't know if if Eddie Murphy could have done it in a different way it, what makes what makes I, i'm not a big fan of the f- first movie either it, just because um akeem has really nowhere to go he has no arc of development in the first movie he's sort of wonderful and from beginning to end um the, the people around him sort of evolve uh but he he really doesn't have to go through that that development um but yet eddie i mean eddie murphy has such a um, uh, kind of a princely demeanor in that movie even when he's the valet and he wears that red jacket he sort of wears it better than anyone could you know he he kind of wears it like a prince he he understands walking into those shoes and in, in this movie he i mean he still has he's still eddie murphy but there is something um you know he, he does seem like he like you said KJ, he seems more tired um and he's he's like physically very different now he isn't the, the kind of young handsome trim fellow he he used to be which is you know which is fine but you, you could see like the energy with james earl jones who's god bless him i think he's 90 now um and james earl jones still has that still has the same kind of sense of mischief right he brings that to this character that he did however many years ago it was 32 i think you said nick um and and so yeah it, it does feel like there's 33. something even lost. 33 <laughs> yeah some seems like something that is even lost in the in the performance yeah i feel like eddie murphy usually like the definitely in the original movie but some of his other roles he like there's like a physicality to his acting that wasn't like necessarily physical comedy he was like all in it was like a wound spring all yeah. the time before it like the energy you know it's like intensity was just so in yeah him. no I, so I can definitely see that i did think that there was still the vibe of that they were just having fun like mostly it's like i felt like in the first one and then again in this one there's like this undercurrent of like can you believe they're just paying us to mess around like this like <laughs> like <laughs> that uh him and our senior hall and all that like that it's like just fun. I think this one, it was much more obvious though, that they were just playing around and, and getting paid for it. The first one actually had some, I mean, listen, maybe the script wasn't a masterpiece, but I could buy into it. It's time for question two. While Lavelle is trying to find his purpose in the world, what is the name of the firm in which he is interviewing for employment? Locked in. Locked in. <laughs> Dude, should we text each other? I knew no, no we'll each we'll each answer mm-hmm. one. Um 
I knew this question was coming. Nick. Oh, it was the it. firm. The firm. Yeah. The firm. Okay. Wait, we they didn't lock in yet. So give it a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or do you want to go? I'm not sure exactly what it is. I know what it kind of is. Uh, I'm going to text Andy. I will say that I'm pretty sure KJ knows exactly what it is, but let's, let's. So I'm reluctant. Duke Enterprises. Oh, wow. All right. So, so yeah. So Tom, let's, let's, I, I let, so Tom and I texted, I like our answer, even though we might get it wrong and let's do it together. Tom, is, so. is it the same answer? Do you have the same answer as me? Uh, it depends on how specific. Yeah, yeah. My my answer is the same as yours. So it depends okay. on how specific. Nick, but uh, mm. so I'll say Duke and Duke. <laughs> I wasn't. I thought that they just did Duke, but maybe maybe it's the Duke answer Duke. is Duke and Duke. Ooh. Mm. All right. Yeah. Now you're making me question if they change it, but I'm pretty sure it was Duke and Duke. I it was just, <laughs> I I can see it going either way. Yeah. Now the original was Duke and Duke. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure it was Duke and Duke. Mm. There was only one um, young Duke present, at least. But... Yes, yes, yes. But it yeah. was the Con firm Jost. of Duke and Duke, and yes, Co Mr. Colin Scarlett Jost. Johansson. Yeah. This is a perfect example of many callbacks and references. So, I thought we might have an opportunity to share some of our favorite and maybe our least favorite callbacks and references that occurred in the sequel yeah well that's why i kind of i said self-aware is that i was like they like this was a vessel for inside jokes about the first movie <laughs> yeah like that's what it seemed to be i i could tell you my two least favorite <laughs> that that entire scene the duke and duke scene i hated that scene from beginning to end and my second my other least favorite was when um lavelle is in the garden with the hairdresser and he talks about how bad American movies are. All they do is create remakes that nobody asked for. <laughs> like, oh, I hated that joke so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my two least favorite moments. I like or, or double double self-referential yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah I get, I yeah, get it on the right. on the the second one. I I don't think I mind uh, the Duke and Duke one. I mean, it was it was more for the nostalgia of, of Duke and Duke versus the actual uh, dialogue. So maybe you do have a point there, but I was like, Oh, they did it. They referenced those guys. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they're back on their feet, I guess. Well, they know. Well, right. in, in coming to America, he gives them, he gives money. them money. Yeah. So that's how right. they get, mm -hmm. they start their business again. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like the, um, the reference to, to the remake thing is, is, um, heavy handed. It's a little bit when you're, when you're, yeah, you're already pre-making the excuse, you know? Yeah. But that's fine. My favorite callback was in the end when they brought out the beatboxing twins from the initial, like, trying to meet girls in the bar. <laughs> it's like, my name is Tina. And I'm like, oh, I was like, who are these women? Well, even his the actress who played his wife, I don't think she really has been in much. I know. Free like, from period. parking yeah, yeah, like they're like, hey, we're gonna pay you to act again. They're like, yay! I mean, maybe they maybe they're working. I don't know. That was my other favorite callback was that when the new wife was like, whatever you like, <laughs> whatever business you want. This is the very beginning of the movie. Actually, our introduction to the royal family starts with the rose petals, and at that point, I still kind of had hope for <laughs> a lot of this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The actress who played his wife was a longtime soap actress. That was uh, her name is Sherry Headley. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there she is, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, she was a longtime soap opera, but anyway. You knew there was going to be further, uh, um, like McDowell's uh, product development over these these years. The one was I. It was it was like a a Mick Flurby. Mick Flurby. Yeah, that's fun. He's he's funny. I kind of missed him in it. Uh, you know, I'm glad he was he um, the the owner of McDowell's, the, the father-in-law. Uh, uh, popped up again, and the you know the jokes about the cease and assist stuff. He um, actually had the best. I think he was one of the uh, had the best advice in like the whole movie. His uh, his chat with uh, with Akeem was was probably one of the most heartfelt. I mean, it was really good advice. My challenge with some of the callbacks and references, they were very forced. They just created yeah. something to connect the dots and not necessarily have a natural flow. Like the, even though I like that actor, the McDowell's and Zamunda, I mean, and, and Louis Anderson just happens to be there. You know, like, they're just like, we gotta get everybody in here. I wish some of it was more in the background. Like, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just throw out a really totally different 180 degree example, but WandaVision, for instance, has, has so, the, 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 you can mine the back references so deeply in all of it, but, but, but you wouldn't know. You have to you have to be in the know to spot the stuff because it's so subtle and so deep. Whereas in this movie, they're just like shoving it in your face. <laughs> like I really like the uh, the McFlurby because I saw it in the corner in the back of the one scene, and I was like, "Oh, that's great!" And then they like show him right up next to it, like getting the McFlurby. It's like, oh, you couldn't you couldn't miss it, you know. I just wish they just let let it sit and and let people kind of discover it more. I wonder if somebody who this was their first watch and for some reason did not see the first one, like what would they think of this? <laughs> They're not catching because all it was was a series of references. The additional plot, the new characters and whatnot, um, and, and the things we're kind of following with the daughter and with um, with with the new son, um, I, I found so much less interesting and, and less enjoyable than the you know the original people. That even though a lot of it was kind of jammed in there, um, I, I sort of preferred it to <laughs> to, the, to the next generation of of kids coming up and, and what they were doing in the movie. And so, yeah, I, I know they kind of rub your face in it. And they're sort of a little too happy with the story they've created. They're a little too happy with Coming to America, the original. Um, but I, you know, I, I still I think I enjoy the the older people just far more as performers. At the end of round one, the guests presently have one point and the co-hosts presently have two, but anything can happen in round two. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hi, Tom here, and I'm going to read a testimonial from our sponsor. That is Larry Muck's Sword Repellent. I'm a wealthy, sexy, wealthy advisor. When I leave Wall Street at night, ready to slide into a sexy black BMW and ride into the night, I need to know I'm safe. In a gritty, unruly, sexy city like New York, anything can happen. Last month, my best man was robbed downtown, and just yesterday, my sister was mugged coming out of her house. What was similar in both cases, they were both robbed with a sword. 
Statistics have shown that sword-based crime is probably on the rise, and be it samurai sword, broadsword, or foil, the danger might be real. That's why I use the suave, sexy man solution, sword repellent. Just spray it on your wrists and behind your ears for 20 to 30 minutes, and your entire person will be sword-proof for at least, for, for a while. Ninjas in the Black Knight won't stand a chance against your musky defense. Sword repellent. It's a product. And we're back. Nora and Angie, we're at the critical point of our episode where we ask the guests a key question. If you could watch this movie with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? So I would, um, I would watch it with James Earl Jones. But only if he got to sit in a coffin. <laughs> I would like my own coffin. I, I don't want to die in the middle of the movie. I just want to be in a luxurious, you know, side-by-side -side coffins. I think it would be nice. Yeah, I kind of struggled with this one. I don't know. On one hand, I was like, I don't know, Eddie Murphy or Arsenio Hall. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I feel like in coronavirus, uh, just like... I don't know, maybe just like a couple of friends in my actual house. <laughs> Dot maths on, is that too much to ask? <laughs> something <laughs> realistic. Uh, Nora, something realistic. <laughs> just like salsa? You remember, remember salsa? Like, like yeah. eating in the presence of others and watching movies and popcorn. <laughs> Anyone I Any know. of your friends is, is your answer, basically. <laughs> remember pants? I remember wearing pants. <laughs> They chased occasionally, but they were very nice. As as one of Nora's friends, I would I'm I'm looking forward to this, especially if James Earl Jones is going to be there. in the house, James Earl Jones in a coffin. So like <laughs> in a coffin. <laughs> Are we all getting our own coffin that's slightly in, uh, reclined for oh, our? Oh coffin? yeah, yeah yeah. No oh, okay. I feel like it's got to be good very, for your back. We can do this during COVID. <laughs> we we might be able How to. <laughs> we just we just spread it around and then nail up the coffin. <laughs> so, do you guys think James Earl Jones have seen the movie? Do you think this would be his first watch? I bet he has not seen it. He really? <laughs> I bet he's watched it. Lots of lots of actors don't watch don't watch their movies, especially if they're just in it a bit. They don't. You think they would be inclined or need to? People don't. They they do their thing and they're they're done. So here's the deal with James Earl Jones's role in this film. They were all recorded. Every scene with him was recorded remotely. So those people were not in the room. So he did not even show up with the rest of the cast to film his uh, parts. So I think he may not have seen it. <laughs> I imagine he'd say, this film doesn't work. <laughs> I ran into him once. What? That's, that's cool. <laughs> okay, Tom. <Whoa>. Like physically? <laughs> yeah, like I, I was backstage at a Broadway house, and because I, I, my parents are friends with Robert Sean Leonard's parents, and he got us backstage at, um, oh, what's it called? At uh, Long Day's Journey into Night. At this, and James Earl Jones was also just going backstage to say hello to the cast, and so it was pretty cool. But yeah, he's. You know, that, that's that's it. How did this not come up on the first episode? I feel like that's I don't, very I don't know. Bleak. I forgot about it. <laughs> it's time for 
Question three. How is the conflict between Zumunda and the nation of Nextoria, led by General Izzy, played by Wesley Snipes, resolved? Locked in. Do you want to lock in, Gage? Yeah, locked in. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you what I'm thinking. Um, um, did you see my text? Here, you got it. I, I, I'm no, no, I did see it. It it could be. I feel like we're failing on this one. I do feel like we're failing on this one. Sure, we're locked in. The late lock-ins going first. Handy. Well, it wasn't by marriage. So it was through commerce, basically, or trading with them. He's defeated by... Uh, Wesley Snipes' character is defeated by the three daughters of um, of Prince, uh, now King Akeem, with big sticks, and then they open trade routes after. Yeah, basically like an episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A very similar <laughs> conflict resolution to, um, yes. you know. I'm just saying as a mother of three daughters, I'm pretty sure they could do some damage with some sticks. Yeah, I, I would not imagine <laughs> any three daughters would be able to resolve an international war with sticks, but... You know, that's that's why we have the movies. Tradition. <laughs> okay. The two points are going to go to the co-hosts. I mean, technically our answer was partially correct. We just didn't mention the sticks. No, the sticks are the critical moment here. The staffs. <laughs> Everyone knows if you beat a warlord with staffs, He's going to relinquish all power and open up trade routes. Like that's just what happened. If, if they only knew that in Rwanda. The reason I brought this one up is to talk about these wonderful plot points in this film. This is a perfect example of they got in a little feud with staffs and got the best of the Nextorian leadership. And now everything's good. Keep in mind not only did Prince Akeem reject one of their suitors back in the day, his son has now rejected a suitor, but this conflict where they get beat by staffs makes everything okay. This is a perfect example of how they barely threw a plot together for this film. We can talk about all the other plots. We can talk about this one. They're just really, really loose. And I don't expect a very deep plot in a comedy, but give me something somewhat viable. It enabled Arsenio Hall to say that line about the baboon thing that he said from the first movie. So, you know, that was mostly worth it. He didn't say much in this movie, if you really think about no. it, other than that line. He really yeah. was a background character. Well, I mean, but he's yes. main character, but the other characters were like oh, his, yeah. his other people. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, comedies don't really need a, a complex plot, right? I, I, you know, and, and complex is not the problem here, Tom. I, I think I, I actually would say that I think there's probably too much plot. Really? Yeah, I th yeah, I thought there was too much because, like, like so you know, you think of any kind of great comedy, the the plot, the the conflict just kind of goes away, right? I mean, we can make fun of the fact that the, this was resolved with with girls with sticks, but I mean, Midsummer Night's Dream is resolved with fairy dust. Like, it just it, whatever, it doesn't matter anymore. That's not really the point of this. Or, or if you ever read a, as you like it, as you like it is resolved when like. The bad guy it goes running in the woods and meets a monk who tells him not to be a bad guy anymore. So he does it, right? It's like <laughs> that's so like comedies don't really need these kind of complex resolutions. Um, my, my problem with the plot in this is you have really two 
kind of characters who are sort of having to negotiate the tr this kind of weird traditionalist mode. And we're not exactly sure who we're supposed to be following or why. We have um, Lavelle and then we have Akeem's eldest daughter. And it's really hard to spend your time with Lavelle because it seems like it's set up that Akeem's daughter is the, the person we should be following. And I had a lot of trouble watching this movie balancing the trying to the, the film seemed to have a lot of trouble balancing the attention it was paying to, to both these characters. And like Lavelle, I, I, I thought it was such a dud. I thought it was such an uninteresting character that um, I, I had a lot of trouble like watching him <laughs> and rooting for him. Um, I kind of wish more of the film, more of the plot had passed to the daughter. Lavelle was just kind of like milk toast. He was, he was like, a, he was pleasant. He wasn't really yeah. mean or bad or anything. He was pretty smart and nice. But other than that, he, he wasn't anything. We're told in the beginning that he's this highly competent character. And there's reasons why we like characters uh, regardless, right? One of them could be competent. Somebody's just really good at something or has a particular skill. And we want to see them like develop that skill and take on the mantle of whatever they need to take on. You know, this is Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is really competent with the force. He just has to learn how to deal with being immature and whatnot in, in those three movies. L Lavelle, we're told he's competent. We're not told why he's competent or in what way. And so we're just sort of watching him sort of strut around the, this kingdom um, trying to overcome these problems and the, the competent character is the eldest daughter who even tells him how to you know she's the one who figures out how to get the, the tiger whiskers right and so we're, we're i'm i spent this whole movie waiting for the this character's uh, what what it is about him that we're supposed to find so intriguing and it turns out that it is he's willing to marry for love right he has that sort of tick that akeem had when he was when he was a prince back in the 80s um, but man, there is a lot of time when he is just some guy. And like you said, Andy, he's just kind of a milk toast guy. There's not a lot to him. He, he's interested in smartphones. That's the only, I think, fact we have about Lavelle. And he knows the barbershop series. Yeah, well, and also I feel like they can't make up their mind whether he's supposed to be like uh, competent and like, you know, better than his circumstances or is he like, fish out of water dude from Queens who's a typical dude from Queens who's in like Zamunda. Like he goes back and forth between both. And that's like what like what do you which one is he? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a really good point, Nora. I think it's a really good point. It's like, are you the kind of somewhat bumbling, somewhat clownish fish out of water? Yeah, like Leslie Jones was like clearly that one. Yeah. <laughs> and she was yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. and hilarious. Mm -hmm. And she like went all in for that. But like Mm -hmm. There was like some of that like initial like he can do better and do more if he just had different circumstances or maybe not. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's also, you know, and, and like Tracy Morgan is also like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not. I think that's a really good point because he's not enough of a straight man to balance off um, Leslie Jones, but he's not enough of a, you know, so he, I, I actually I felt like he dragged her comedy down almost because he's just not enough of a straight man to balance that. But he's also not enough of a like clownish fish out of water. He's not her, so he's not one. He's not like the the um, the embarrassing in law, funny in law type thing. 
he's not really one or the other. And we and he doesn't really find a place in the movie until, you know, basically the end of the movie when he runs off with the hairdresser. And by that point, you know, it's it's we're you know we're more than an hour and a half in, more than an hour in. I I think the um the daughter though. I wish there was more development of of the of the daughter's personalities because they had a lot of potential and they were they were very interesting in the dynamic of of like of the of the three daughters growing up with no male heir and taking on the responsibility. I feel like, well, I have three daughters, so I'm biased, but I think that the three daughters have, there's, there's tons to mine and, and interesting stuff they could have done, which they did a little bit of, but, but I feel like they could have done a lot more. It's time for question four. The last question, the points will be equal to the correct answer. Ooh. I do not know the address of that McDowell's in Zumunda. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure Pat Gavin does. <laughs> the question is, how many actors reprised their role in the cast from the original film? This is a price is right answer. So you have to get closest without going over. And that number will be the amount of points for the question. Anyone's game. Actors, not characters. Arsenio Hall only counts as one is what we're saying. Yes, actors. AJ, I wouldn't have known him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Minus one for them because I think I get Arsenio Hall. It's still the cumulative <laughs> number. So even if you gave one oh, up, oh, oh. you <laughs> both just add him. <laughs> <laughs> I have, do you see the number I have, KJ? Yeah, but I don't think counting's the way to go. I think throwing a dart at a dartboard, because are you counting the twins that beep up? I, I did, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you son of a... Oh, I have another. I have another. I'm going to have to start writing them down. Yeah, I'm going to laugh if Tom finds more than I thought. Yeah. Um, oh. Babe, we should... Are you are you listing them out, babe? Yeah. So I'll send you my first list. You can see if you want to add to that. Yeah. So what of your number did I not list out? Or did, like, were there any that I got that you didn't have? No, you didn't have any more. Um... But I've only said 10. Sorry, I said a number. Yeah, so I, I think it was only the additional one that I sent you. I think, I think we should go with that, unless we can think of someone new. I know, I'm just trying to go through the movie in my head. I think we're at that time. I, I don't... Final numbers. Your guess is as good as mine, Tom. Final I, numbers. I, there's... There's no way to know how many dancers came back for the dance. No, it, this would be major, <laughs> major things you could point out. Yeah, I, I, I would. I'm going to go with zero because they're right. They're not. 50. <laughs> <laughs> they were really yeah, trying clearly. to go for the nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. You don't think they did some nods to the old? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Totally. Final numbers. I mean, they like. Hey, let's do it. We're locked in. Oh, let's lock in. Tom, what's the number? What do you think? Does that work? Yeah, we can do that. I'm going to lock in 14. Okay. Andy. 
We're locking in 11. And the points go to nobody. 10. 10 is the number of major characters. I, I have more than that. No, but we found more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10. 10 that count. <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry. We have James Earl Jones, Eddie Murphy, Lisa Arsenal Hall, the two twins, Lisa's dad. Um, what's his name? The the white guy that works there. Louis. At, at the, Louis? Like, yeah, Louis. Louis. Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson. Um, Anderson. We have the other guy who who's in the barbershop. The yeah, uh, the other guy. Uh, yeah, the other barbershop. Yeah, the other guy. guy. You have the announcer and, who sings like yeah, this. Yeah, the sing the sing the high singing <laughs> guy. Queen yeah, to be gone. Yeah. You also have the um the sister of Wesley Snipes, the barking girl. Keep going. Sure. Yep. She, she's revised her role. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's already more. No, than well, 10, keep going because they had eleven. Yeah, that's eleven. That's a, that's that's our eleven. So, oh, that's so your eleven. Your... And I think I so. We had, I thought we had a. Because otherwise, I'm going to give um, the points to both of you if you're both at eleven. Because I, I thought but we also they had fourteen. <laughs> um, one of the other people at the barber shop. There was another person. No, at there's the only shop. one person. I think there's there's only there's three only... actors in the barber shop. And there's one other guy. Okay. Um, then how did we get? How did we get fourteen? We also had. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I had ten, but I I've heard I've heard confirmation on eleven right now. Mm -hmm. So unless we can get confirmation mm -hmm. on three other people in the next ten seconds, I think I think this might have been a last minute steal. The uh, Babar. <laughs> oh, Babar. Oh. Wait, that's probably not the same actor. Considering it was CGI. Well, it was CG, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but made to look like. Um... Oh, the shaman. The shaman. That was, was one of them. The shaman was actually. It was. Oh, that was Arsenio Hall. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In a last-minute steal. Even though I thought there was ten. I have been proven that there are at least 11 and Andy and Nora guessed 11. So they will be receiving 11 points, which will bring them Woo. to 12. And my co-hosts, sorry, you're only at four points. The, the Dukes, there's pictures of the Dukes. Oh, the Dukes aren't in it. They're only their pictures in it. If, if their portraits count. So apparently there was 11 when internet sources told me 10, but maybe they didn't count the twins as two individuals. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> they might've been lumped. Or they didn't count the twins at all. And there was somebody no, else. I, but I think I that was the majority. But the reason I brought this yeah. question up to wrap up the trivia portion of this show is what I actually thought, I don't want to say they did right, but it was welcoming to the audience. It was, and I think KJ used this word, a celebration of what the original Coming to America was to us fans or for people like Tom who just watched it. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the good parts of this, even if we have challenges with certain aspects. I love, my favorite character by far in this movie is Wesley Snipes' character. Really? Really? He is so he is so awesome. He he's the he's new. He's a new character, 
And he is the spirit of the original characters in their like caricature, unbelievable, you know, he's just out there. And Wesley Snipes owns that part in a way that I haven't seen him since like, I'm going to go with it. Demolition wow. Man. Now, was it the pimp walk that yeah. got you? Is that what it was? You know, the whole thing. The dance, the aura he gave. He did fit like the original movie. His, his crazy, his crazy lean back yeah. walk. It, it was fantastic. He had the energy now that Eddie Murphy had back then. You know, he Completely. brought the intensity. I do, I do agree with that when it comes to the intensity. And I didn't really think about that. That wasn't the one that jumped out at me. But I could see how you'd say that fit the vibe of the original. So Wesley Snipes, yes, absolutely. I'm right there with you, Andy. And then I, I liked all the music scenes. It was fun. Oh, when they're oh, like, yeah. oh, let's take a break from the movie and just enjoy this for a few minutes. The funeral is great. Oh, yeah. Gladys Knight and In Vogue and Salt and Pepper. <laughs> yeah, over the, the, in both of these, the commonality is just like over the top, not trying to make yeah. sense, just being like, bow, and, and not, not really referential, just kind of like going as far as they can go with Morgan yeah. Freeman, like narrating the funeral. Oh, that's <laughs> obvious. My, my, my favorite line was, and no one had sex again. <laughs> well, when I was, I think KJ asked me some of my initial opinions after this. I'm like, one of it was like, it's a movie. But the other one was, was it a music video that was surrounded by a, a movie? Like there was a lot of that. Maybe. Yeah, and also the the expression on James Earl Jones's face, his kind of joy at, at bearing witness to his own funeral. His his character is very similar to the first one. He's just he's it's like he loves being king. And he has that line in the first movie where he's like, I always imagined you would bathe, you, you had sex with your bathers. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here, just, <laughs> you know, he's like, um, let's have the funeral now. You know, he's just, <laughs> he, he's, he just loves this role as king that he could say what he wants to happen and it happens. Right. Um, yeah. And so, I, yeah, I really did. I, I like that scene a lot. Talking about the new characters that, did a great job. I really enjoyed the over-the-top comedy of Leslie Jones. You guys alluded to it earlier, but I thought that fish out of water, she made it work. I, I really enjoyed that. I wasn't yes. expecting to enjoy it, but that was the one. And of course, whenever you throw in Tracy Morgan, he does a great job too. If anything, I feel like he was underutilized, <laughs> but those were the key main characters. And and you you guys have convinced me a bit with Leslie Snipes about sometimes I thought it was a little bit more cartoonish, but I think that did fit the essence of the source material. Yeah, I was not as into Wesley Snipes. I didn't, that was not one of my yeah, I was mixed. but I will give you yeah. I will give you that he yeah. he was all in. Yes. Like he was yeah. like a hundred percent that character. I just didn't really like the character. Yeah, I was mixed but I know I was a big uh Leslie Jones fan. I think she was oh, there. She, she was great. <laughs> She was great. Yeah, it's just the like the young characters and the, the new plot is such a dud. And, the, the, you know, the new kids, even, like even the, the, the young girl is, I mean, she's fine in the role, but there isn't much, there isn't much to it. It's, it's just, you know, like the, the it's kind of son of a girl power feminist type, um, type line that's going on, which is fine, but it's also, there's nothing new in that. And so a lot of the pleasure of watching the movie comes from, you know, the, the older actors and the older comedians, uh, you know, kind of being able to do their own thing. It's time for Movie Rent. 
Did any of you think that they were going to do the whole like paternity test that that wasn't really his son? I thought they were going to go in that direction and there never was a payoff there. And I thought that was how they were going to get the daughter to be more of a prominent, the eldest daughter to be more of a prominent role, but it never came to pass. Yeah. I do feel like there was like hints of that somehow. Like I thought that was well. Going he to, said but... he he will just no. look into his eyes and know um, by his regal yeah uh, visage or something like that. It's his son. I guess that worked. Or science, you yeah. Know. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's these two plots. There's these two arcs of development that are that are important. It's the girl, the the the, the eldest daughter, um, kind of forcing her father to acknowledge that you know that the this this patriarchal system needs to change blah 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 and then there's the 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 son who is you know kind of forcing the father to remember his roots which is this kind of uh uh arranged marriage system needs to change so they both are sort of uh correctors of the, the of the tradition they both have that role but i i mean i had that same feeling that he was going to we we're going to discover he wasn't the actual son and then marry the daughter because there's so much attention paid on him for most of the movie and it's clear she should be in charge right the, the, the eldest daughter it's very clear from uh the first 15 minutes of the film when you see her fighting with that staff that she should be in charge and yet it's also clear that this guy, the, the Lavelle, is not a bad guy, that we're supposed to like him and root for him and hope he he overcomes whatever it is. Um, it just, it turns in the, in the end, they turn that to what he has to overcome is the pressure to marry the wrong woman, um, you know, and that's that and and then he has to kind of remind akeem of of his roots or or his own arc of development when he visited queens um which you know did feel kind of did feel kind of forced i also i didn't like that actor very much so i, I <laughs> it was just sort of that, the actor of the sun yeah yeah uh jermaine fowler that whole plot line, I had trouble with the, the whole plot line there just because I was too vested in what Prince Akeem was <laughs> that it, it threw me off. There was some of that dynamic, as you were saying, Tom, between Lavelle and the eldest daughter, especially around the lion situation where they were trying to figure out. She, If you notice, she was always standing in a higher position and he was always looking up at her. It, it was they they did it on purpose because it was on multiple shots, and at that point I well, didn't. Know, and I think she's actually just legitimately tall. That could be true, like but she was on a higher step. <laughs> like I think they made it so it's she was like obviously bigger than him, but yeah. I think that that was because she actually like in the end when they're all dancing, like she is just oh, taller than him. Funny. I was just really glad that they didn't go with the whole like good news this completely unqualified <laughs> dude can marry you and then yeah, make you able yeah, to run yeah, this country. Yeah which is like annoying, which I kind of feel like they stole from the live action Aladdin. I don't know if anybody saw that, but I see a lot of this in movies. <laughs> and they like redid the ending where like, instead of it being like, congratulations, this completely unqualified dude who's like from the streets, you do get to be the king of our country. Like, and they just gave it to Jasmine. But so I feel like similarly in this, they were like, they didn't go for that whole, like yeah. some random guy can totally run this country better than you. <laughs> Right. Which is, well, you know, frustrating. Yeah. When, when that happens. What pl plot hole of of that 
making is basically like he had a, many years to deal with this problem. This is a foreseeable problem. He had three daughters. What's his plan? He knew he was going to be king. What's the succession plan? This is all royalty talks about. He wasn't like on death's door. Like his dad died, so now he became king. But like, it's not like he. Can't well, they were going to. That was the catalyst. Clearly, you're going to get really? assassinated because you're weak. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that a bigger problem? Well, the other part of that too was. Your, your father just died, the king. So now you're the king. So what's the first thing you do? Leave the country so the warlord can just march in. Like that was... <laughs> Richard the Lionhearted did the same thing. <laughs> Richard the Richard the First was in England for like 16 months of his reign. <laughs> Spent most of the time on crusade. Poor but anyway, planning. Yeah, that's not true today. I'd like to once again congratulate our winners of the week, Nora and Andy, taking it down. Second time, right? Uh, yeah, I know yeah. we're like the callback. Awesome, really uh, awesome. helpful. That eleven-point question. Yeah. <laughs> you earned every point of it by proving those people existed in the film. Mm. On another note, check out our website, talkingpicturestrivia.com, for more information about us and our episodes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as our YouTube channel. We are extremely grateful for any positive reviews as those help others like you find us. If you like what you hear, remember to like and subscribe to our show. Who was your favorite returning character in Coming to America and why? Let's continue the conversation on Twitter at Talking Studios. Thanks again, Nora and Andy, for joining us today. It was great to return for the, the sequel. And now Andy will be, begin singing Queen to Be. <laughs> <laughs> Talking pictures trivia. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Thomas Slayman15. And you can find me on Twitter at KJ1000. I can also be found on Twitter at The Nicknamed. Join us next time when we discuss Tom's recommendation from 1959, World of a Poop, where we'll be joined by Ben from Three Films and a Podcast. Should be a fun one. Talk to you then. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, so tonight during dinner, my daughter says um, she set up a mall, like a shopping mall outside on the deck. Um, I don't know who she was expecting to come to the mall, but there, there was a, there, presumably a mall out there with an ice cream shop and everything. Uh, and after dinner, I was doing the dishes and I looked out on the deck and there she was very proudly mopping the floor. <laughs> <of her mall>. <laughs> and... <laughs>